Hi, guys. Welcome back to my Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another cool day for an interview. And I know I say that every single time I do an interview because I'm so excited about meeting, meeting new people from around the world who are like me, searching for the true meaning of life. I know it sounds corny, but that, so, they, we are all searching for a way forward for our path in order to become better human beings. And many of us try to do that from a psychological point of view. We learn mindfulness, we learn all kinds of things. But if I was to tell you that there is actually a way that we also can be the best human beings on a biological level. And if I was to tell you that there are people out there who actually have figured out that we can turn back the wheels of time, at least in our body. We can't do it really, yeah, but in, in time, time sense. But how would it be to be a younger and better person, a younger and better version of yourself? I would like that. And today I've got Julian Hayes with me. Julian Hayes is an atelier who is a, a biohacker, a man who is looking deep into the human body and is actually trying to figure out, okay, ways, how can we make this, this body work for us in such a way that it brings a big smile on our face? So Julian, welcome to my show. And that was an awesome introduction. That was Really awesome. So I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. I'm, you know, just ready to talk it up, man. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And it is so beautiful, isn't it? When you are actually, when you stop taking your body for granted and actually develop a, a, a love affair with your body. Love affair. You know, can you guys, can you remember when you were, when you were in love the first time? God, you were so fascinated. You looked the other person into the eyes and you noticed every little speckle. You noticed every little thing, how the hair glistens in the sun. And you you, you notice everything. Fast forward 20 years now that you're married. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, it's maybe new, <laughs> no longer paying so much attention. And that's, our, I think, our problem, isn't it? Um, we, we have forgotten to listen to our body and learn about our body and take care of our body. Would you agree there, Julian? Yeah, you know, you, you bring up a point there as, as you talked about romance here. You know, I might need to write a book called Love and Fitness or something because there is a lot of parallels between that. <laughs> is it you not? Know. Is it not? Yeah, love and fitness. Yeah, I'm still much at the early stage, so I'm definitely looking for the infatuation, looking for the business out there. So, uh, But I do remember being infatuated and just remembering every little detail and just not taking none of those things for granted. And mm. that's kind of how the way the human body is, is that one thing is connected to another, just like in our relationships, you know, how we talk to each other is going to affect our mood, our feelings, mm. which is then going to lead to how we go about out in the world and how we treat other people. And it's the same thing with our body, how we eat, how we think, or how we eat is going to lead to basically how our brain is going to operate, mm. which is then going to lead to how are we going to perform? How are we going to do our jobs? How are we going to communicate? So that's a very good point. Love and fitness. <laughs> you heard it first on my show here. <laughs> Come on to my show. Uh, we are brainstorming. And that is the cool thing. Hey, because we, we, we are no longer taking things for granted. Those people that you hear on my show, including myself, we, we are willing to make changes. We are willing to adapt. We are willing to rethink uh, our lives because many of us have been in the darkness. Many of us have been in places that we don't wish uh, upon our worst enemy. Yet it has happened. Life has happened to us. But those of us who have learned to transform are now at a point to say, wow, we've gone for so much shit. Is that really it? And you know, we might as well talk about it and, and go out there and, and change this world. 
powerful position to be in. Uh, yeah, Julian, it, it, Julian it, how it, did you come to your position? I guess you didn't wake up one day uh, as a six-year-old and say, hey, you know, I'm going to be a biohacker. I'm going to be an <laughs> atelier. How did you get into that? No, I I think with just this, inf this infatuation with health is because of, once again, how we grow up. And so I saw a lot of struggle. I thought of when you turn 30 or get past 30, that it goes downhill from there. Your health goes downhill from there mm -hmm. because that was my current paradigm. That's what I saw. I had a father who dealt with diabetes, amputations, dialysis. I have aunts and uncles in the same thing. And so that really leaves a mark on you. You don't even realize it at first when you're young, but then you think about it and you realize it's like, why am I so adamant about this? And it's because I appreciate and I know how fragile life is. And I know that no one's immune to these things happening. It's not to scare anyone, but it's just to have an appreciation that no one is better or too good to have these things happen to them. And so in college, I it was more of a personal transformation. It was much more of a superficial thing where I wanted to look good to impress women and to have confidence. I was a very skinny kid. That was my main thing. Now, this is another story. Most women don't care when you're just super huge and jacked and everything because it's still, if you're still insecure, you're insecure no matter if you have 20 extra pounds of muscle or not. That's another story, a whole other day, right? Now, <laughs> but that, that led me to medical school after. So I decided to go to medical school. I was in New York and I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. So for those not familiar, Nashville, Tennessee is deep south. New York is, you know, everybody knows where New York is. Two totally different environments, right? So I go up there and I started to slowly realize that I have this love for health. And, but I don't really necessarily have the love for medicine and being a doctor. And I met so many interesting people during that time that had these different hopes and dreams. And they were combining their passion with a way to live. And I was like, damn, I'm not doing this. I'm in the wrong thing. I need to go ahead and cut my losses right now. And it's not really a loss because it's better to cut a loss after one year compared to maybe 15 years down the line. And you're just got all this resentment built up in you of what you should have done and all this stuff. So that leads me to not go back to medical school, still find my way. And I start off as personal trainer, start off as like a health coach, the typical things. I'm a natural curious guy. And my, one of my limits is how good can you get? And that's what I always ask myself. <laughs> And so I started researching about genetics, epigenetics, because I was curious that all these things happen in my family, but other families, it doesn't. It seems for some families, they have maybe more cognitive issues, whereas in my family, cognitive issues wasn't really an issue. It was, it was more the, the uh, blood sugar issues, the diabetes. And I find mentors for that. And I just keep trying things, doing things, and you just end up at places, right? It's it's like I have a vision for where I want to go, but I'm not, but I'm going to be malleable on the details that get me there. And even still to this day, I'm still evolving, even with my messaging, even with who I'm serving. Everything is constantly evolving and dynamically interacting. And that's kind of how the human body is. Mm -hmm. You're constantly interacting with your environment every day, and you are turning on and off certain genes and expressing it as well. And you're so right. It's it's lovely how you put that because there are there are certain parameters that are or certain certain uh, lands in the sand. Let's call them. They are they are laid down long before our birth. Um, there is genetics at play because some families uh, we all have got Achilles heels. Uh, mm -hmm. Some for some families you mentioned it. Diabetes runs strong within the families. Uh, in other other uh, people, it's it's maybe their lungs are not so good or ischemic heart disease comes out very early in their life. So. The These are the things that we can't do anything about. Having said that, having said that, it's one thing to have a genetic predisposition for something. It's another thing to then walk the same path that our elders did and repeat the same mistakes they did. They did it because they didn't know better, because medicine often didn't know better. You know, um, camel is uh, the cigarette <laughs> that every doctor uh, smokes. These were these were advertisements. 
what in the 50s, 60s, you know, that shit. And, and truly, you know, we didn't know much better. Nowadays we do. Okay, so therefore it is actually, um, yes, it's all quite nice that, that you're in a family of either addicts or diabetics, etc. Now let's talk a bit more about can you actually change that? Mm-hmm. So there you are. Is it a fait accompli? Is it, is it a, is it, them? you have got those genes, therefore you got to rot away with diabetes. <laughs> huh? No, of, of course not. No, it's not. And thankfully so. You know, I, I like to look at genetics and genes as it just offers us clues on where we came from. Huh. It's, it's just the clues for who you are or who you are and where you came from in the past. But this thing called epigenetics, this is what we can truly mold our future on. If you think about it, genetics is the gun, and, and, but the epigenetics pulls the actual trigger. And what I mean by that is when you hear the word epi, it means above and add gene, genetics to it, it means above the gene. Hmm. So if we think about this, think of our bodies much like a computer, whereas you have the hardware, but then we have this software and the software is adding different informational inputs into the system, into the hardware there. Mm. And that is ultimately telling it what to do and how to perform. And it's the same thing with our bodies. Mm. You know, as I mentioned, how we eat, but also how we think, how we love, Mm. how we breathe, how we exercise, how we sleep, our vocation, all these things add up Mm. and are communicating with our body on a cellular level and telling certain genes to turn on, to turn off, to express, mm-hmm. to not mm-hmm. express itself. And so genetics maybe plays maybe as 10% thing, maybe 10%, mm-hmm. but there's no absolutes with it. So just because I have the gene doesn't mean it's going to express. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a propensity. So yes, if I don't do certain things with my lifestyle, there's a higher propensity that some of the things that are most likely to express itself more quickly for me would be more blood sugar dysregularities mm. or where for somebody else, maybe it's going to be more inflammation. Maybe it's going to be more cognitive impairment, mm. but that's just the propensity for it. Mm. And that's the, then, and not to go on a different rant here, but this is the thing to keep in mind that when you do, you know, direct to consumer tests are becoming more and more, um, accessible to people so you can get these genetic tests and you might see i have oh this thing says x and x for me but it doesn't necessarily mean that and i really want people to keep that in mind and this is when you start bringing into things such as your lab testing when you go to your doctor or if you're working with someone you have your lab testing as well to see okay i might have these certain uh propensities and snips in my dna but is it actually expressing? So let me see what my blood work is showing as well. Mm-hmm. And this gets us into what we th- what I call a systems mentality. A lot of times in medicine now, at least here in the States, it exists in silos. Mm-hmm. We address, if you have a stomach issue, I'm just looking at the stomach. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about the brain. I'm not thinking about anything else. Mm-hmm. Everything exists in a silum and it's a vacuum. Whereas I want people to think about, think about everything's connected. You know, if you have anxiety issues, depression, sometimes a lot of that can be your from your gut. Of course, it can be some things in life, but it can also be your gut and it being off in terms of the bacteria in there as well. You're so true. Yeah, 100% every single word you're saying, I, I second. And it is often the, the outcomes I see as a doctor, as an anesthetist. Yesterday, uh, I, uh, I worked with a gynecologist. So we actually uh, did operations on, on young women, mainly, uh, just by the stroke of luck. And uh, three out of those four young women had anxiety disorder, irritable bowel syndrome, migraines and often very poor skin um and you think yeah right as if your nutrition had nothing to do with all that you know exactly (laughs) you know exactly you just look at this this combination of things and you know that inflammation is rip roaring through that system and the the question is yeah okay damn why has no one ever uh focused on on a more holistic approach to this woman's uh, problem. And it is what it is. It is our, this dysfunctional medicine that you're alluding to, this, this kind of looking holistically at a whole person is still it's in its infancy. 
there are people out there who who use words and but often enough it's a bit lip service uh mm -hmm. we know what we what we ought to do but in reality nah can't be that easy kind of a thing yeah so it's weird so you're so right i 100 agree how did you make that change what was your journey to become this atelier because you figured out okay hang on looking around your family damn I'm on a slippery slope there. If I don't get my shit together, then I'm going to end up like my relatives. Yeah. What changed? That was, that was a little bit of it. But I think at the, at the beginning of my journey, I was running away from something. And I don't, I was running away from disease and illness and all those things. And I don't think that's a, the most empowering thing. But now I'm running towards something now. That was one of my, it's a very subtle shift. <laughs> no, subtle, that's, no, 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 that's, that's, a, that's a huge shift. Okay. Yeah. Now it's, now you're no longer driven by fear. You're driven yeah. by desire, man, yeah. that's power. And there's just, I just thought there's more. These things just come it, for whatever reason. It, I just think that there's more that I can get out. And I knew I could do more. And I just started researching and just reading different things. And I'm never afraid to just email someone or, or just even message someone <laughs> that I'm just curious about yeah. and say, I'm curious about this. Yeah. And um, you just learn from them. And I thought with myself, and then I kind of always think that where's the future going? But then again, I can actually start to mold my future because hmm. if I don't control my reality, then reality will control me. So I need to, first control my reality. And so why don't I be part of it? And I started with myself and I think all great things, all local movements, or any type of movement starts with just yourself yeah. and really embodying that which you would like to see in the world. And so I just added these things and the atelier part became because people will ask, what do you do? And I'm not a personal trainer, really. I'm not a fitness trainer anymore not really a health coach because and you can you can get a no if you can get a weekend certification being a health coach and there's some great health coaches out there and i was talking to a marketing guy right and cuz i had a hard time explaining what i do because i incorporate all these things i basically look at things like a ceo looks at a company and you take it into account and that's how the, the body is and so i'm giving this long diatribe answer he's like you're an atelier and i was like what what is that? I couldn't even pronounce it. And, and I looked it up. It's like, it's a workshop. It's a workshop that like a lot of artists in, in France use. And I was like, uh, oh, he's like, you're atelier in the human body. That is your workshop. And he put it, I, I'm trying to talk like very proper like him, right? He was, he's English, I believe. And, um, and I was like, oh, okay. I like that. And no one uses, you know, the word atelier. And it's like, it's a great conversation starter as well. But it actually does make sense because this uh -huh. is a workshop. Because you're not, you know, when you're training your body, you're training your mind. And when you're training your mind, you're training your body. So you're all doing these things. And I wanted a world, and even in my philosophy, where everything is being trained. And everything is being accounted for, because everything is connected. And I don't want just good health. I don't even want optimal health. I want enhancement. You know, that's that's my vision is enhancement. Now we're a long way away from that and we're in the early stages, but if, I mean, you go big or go home. And I just never understood. I just think that, you know, the life average life expectancy is 77. And I'm just like, we can at least have everyone be a hundred. And <laughs> You know, I, and I think that's one of my things is the minimum, the minimal age to be a hundred. And, you know, for me, I'm looking at like 215. And I think about this, the longest living person made it to like 120. So with all the technology and everything, all the knowledge we know, and I even have an uncle that's like a hundred now, a 50% increase to 180. I believe in technology a little bit, at least that much. And then I'm just greedy and I want more of it. Right. Because I want three centuries to say I live three centuries at least. But the thing is, for me, this is just how I work. And this is one of the key aspects when it comes to optimal health. First and foremost, is to know yourself, to know your own psychology. And if I'm not really excited about something, I have something grand, I'm going to get bored in life. 
And when I get bored, that's usually when I don't do some not so good things. That's usually when I fall into bad patterns is from boredom. I think boredom is a very bad thing to fall into. And so that's when, and so that's just how I operate. So that's kind of like my long story about an atelier is that I needed a word to sum up all these various things that I'm interested in and that I do believe lead to someone having optimal enhanced health. And Atelier just sums it up. Which is beautiful. Um, I like that. And I think as a doctor, I see a lot of disease. And therefore, it's very easy to get a skewed perspective on life and say, yeah, yeah right. Longevity, my ass. Look at what the mm -hmm. reality is. But having said that, the one of my big, big things is that the past does not equal the future. So you can make changes. And if you're truly willing to do them and live by them, things can dramatically change. I'll give you an example. I come from a strong family of history, uh, ischemic heart disease, and, uh, and also alcohol. So there you go. My father died of his sixth heart attack uh, in his 60s. Um, surround about there so there you go uh, I thought well great I'm now 55 my goodness you know when when is the time when do I get my first heart attack so I actually did some testing so and to give you another bit of knowledge there um, about five years ago I said well is that really all so I started going a bit more to a nutritionist and said come on man Let's look at like, uh, my blood works in depth. Again, parallels there. Look at my blood works, uh, figure out how do I tick from the inside, and then let's make some changes. And since then, every morning, I've got basically a handful of, of uh, nutraceuticals and, and some very good stuff that I'm taking. And yeah, I thought this is quite good. And it felt good. And it made me, made me be a different person. So tick. But I still thought genetics, genetics is there. So we did a, a heart test. So there was a CT, uh, a CT um, calcium score. Uh, CT means that you go through this machine, they slice mm -hmm. you in radiology down, and then they look how much crust is in the blood vessels that deliver oxygen to the heart. And when you've got uh, ischemic heart disease, well, that's all tight and narrow and full of pizza lining. I had the coronary arteries of a baby. There was no calcium in my coronaries. With my genes, that's impossible. Yet, I changed my life. I changed everything uh, that, uh, not everything, but I changed a hell of a lot of things. And suddenly I was able to undo damage that no doubt my lifestyle from drinking and not eating so healthy in the past would have left scars on that heart. And yet there was nothing. Now that's that was that was proof to me that you can undo changes. And that's where you come in, Julian. You're saying, why don't we live to 140, 150? And yeah, there's there are actually ways forward. So I've done it with my heart. Um, you know, what would you say to others? Let's say diabetes, it's such a rampant epidemic out there. How would you look at diabetes from your epigenetic point of view. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the first thing, you know, in the past, I guess now I'm a little more wiser in my 30s compared to, I at first I would say <laughs> yeah, <sorry>. first, uh, <laughs> yeah. wise. I don't know wise with, with anyone I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I won't be wise not until I'm on the 50. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a joke I always like to make because I have friends who think being in your 30s if, is old. I'm like, come on, guys, like you're an adolescent, really. We don't know anything. <laughs> and normally I would just immediately start jumping into like food recommendations and mm doing these tests and everything, but really, and this is something I thought about with my family. I think the first thing we have to do is dissociate from the thing itself. A lot of times I think we take on the identity of the illness of the symptom that we have, we become a sick person. And I think we forget to, we forget the simple thing that words, these affirmations, these words that we speak, they can bring life or death into our tongue by the power of our tongue. And 
even with my father, I remember he, he was always saying, I'm tired of being sick. And he didn't know that when you keep saying, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of this, you're going to get more of that. You know, these things have power. If you're, if you see yourself as a sick person, mm. you're going to continually be a sick person because that is what you identify as. Mm. And so the first thing is, I, someone's with diabetes, let's say it's type two. So let's type one's a whole different scenario right. compared to type two. So type two is typically for most people is lifestyle driven and you can, you can pretty much reverse it or at least really manage it. So the first thing is to dissociate, like I said, from that identity of that. And to also realize that it's a situation, it's an issue. It's nothing permanent. I remember Michael Jordan and Tim Grover when they were training, and they didn't have problems. They had a situation. So this is just a situation that we can <laughs> that, that we can mitigate, right? There's very few things in life that we uh, cannot reverse and take back. You know, time is one thing that we cannot. So we really got to be afraid of time. That's my mm -hmm. opinion. Be really afraid of time. But everything else we can bounce back from, you know, rather from people with sobriety issues, whether it's mm -hmm. a business failure relationship failure we can all bounce back for those things so mm -hmm. dissociate from the from the identity that's first and foremost is to really work on their mindset around this mm -hmm. then we can start to go further into the auditing process and look into how they're living what they've been doing and how they even got to the situation mm -hmm. because it doesn't really matter i can give you all the gadgets all the tools all the biohacks but if that inside and that mindset is not where it needs to be, then you're not going to receive it. And it's going to be for nil. It's like so many people want a limitless pill. Like Julian, what's this nootropic or all these different biohacks, but they're not even doing basic things first. And so that's getting ahead for all the technology out there. If you don't have the foundation, these things are not going to work. These things only pour further gasoline on the fire that you already have brimming. 100%. Couldn't agree more. And uh, But having said that, it is, you don't know what you don't know. So mm -hmm. a lot of people out there, they are, they are completely living uh, by social media, by something they hear on the morning television. Um, there are, it's, everyone is out there for uh, the instant gratification. And I think that is the, the biggest the biggest challenge to our lifestyle now that we want it now. Bang. Give me the tablet. Bang. Doctor, make me better. Bang. What do that's you mean? A hard, yeah. That's a hard thing to break because our world is predicated on it. Look, I I still fall into that itself myself at times mm -hmm. because I think now with social media, we can it seems like some people have overnight success. It just out of nowhere, right? And Bullshit. Bullshit, I call. And the thing is, we don't see none of the behind the scenes work. We don't see any of that. Even with people who are ultra ultra fit and everything, we don't see the, the recovery sessions, the sauna sessions. All we see is we see a fit body or we see someone that's running really fast, mm. but we don't know all the nasty stuff. Like it's lonely. If you're really trying to go after, at times, at the very beginning, it's a very lonely process because, you know, I can speak for myself. I'm the first entrepreneur in my family. Most people in my family, it's worked somewhere for 20, 30 years, 40 years, hopefully retire, hopefully have a good health then, and that's a good life. Nothing wrong with that. So it's a very blue collar attitude. And so even my friends, so when you're separating yourself at first, and this same thing goes for your health as well. If everyone's doing these certain behaviors and you're trying to change, it's really hard because you're breaking from the herd. Mm. And, and there's feelings of loneliness that can come up of like, man, we all want a sense of belonging. Mm. And I totally get that. So, but we don't see that. We don't see that on Instagram. Nobody's going to make a post saying, man, it was really lonely. You know, I was studying during college. I was studying all this health stuff and all, and all these tests and trying all these different things when everyone else was partying going to mm -hmm. frat parties and all this stuff. And I was just sitting in on a Friday night studying and then going to work out on a Saturday, you know, <laughs> that was part of my life. Mm -hmm. But you had to think about this as like, pretend you're like your Warren Buffett or Ray Dalio, some great investor. Mm -hmm. And 
you have a horizon. I guess it's kind of applicable now since the stocks are down now, actually. Yeah, so you see companies are down right now. I'll use a popular company like Apple. You see Apple's down right now, right? If you have a five to 10 year, even longer horizon, you're not worried because you know things are cyclical and sometimes things go down. Hmm. But in the, and you know that success is not linear. Wealth is not linear. Um, Health is not linear. There will be some ups and downs and valleys in that. But over the course of time, if you stay the path, that trajectory is still going to go up. But it just might not be like a rocket, like social media will have us do it. You might not have zero to millions in six weeks (laughs) or or lose 30 pounds in two weeks or three weeks, right? What do you mean? It's two weeks. Do I have to wait this long? No, <laughs> I want it now. <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I've in the past, I mean, not so much now because it's a different set of person, but in the past, during my earlier days when it was mostly uh, the fitness training, yeah. I, I had people and I lost people where they're like, I had this goal and I was like, oh, okay, well, how long do you want to? Okay, so we got six weeks or it's like, we got 12 weeks. Okay, we got 12 weeks. How much are you going to commit to exercising? Do you want to do two a days? This is a very aggressive goal. I was like, you could probably do it, but I'm going to tell you the truth. Mm. If you want, like, wait, two times a day? And then I, I can't, no cheat meals and none of that? I was like, yeah. If you want, you know, if you want to condense the window, there's always a price to pay. You know, these there's always a cause and effect. And, you know, that's another good point to think about this whole ordeal is that no matter the goal that we go after, there's always a cost and sacrifice Mm. that we have to pay in order to get that. And it's wise to actually be sure what we think we want is really what we want and not what we think we should want or not what society thinks that we should want. And even looking a certain way, right? There's nothing wrong with being 9% body fat. And there's nothing wrong with really being 13%. It's two totally different things. And I, I tell people, because I train a lot. I enjoy it, though. I literally enjoy it. It's like medicine for me. And it, it gets off a lot of energy. And a lot of people think, oh, man, I would love to have the broad shoulders and the performance that you do. Well, I was like, well, I don't really have time to do a lot of other things. If I'm not working or reading, I'm usually working out or something, right? So I don't really keep up with a lot of shows like you do. So there is a, so there's always a trade-off and these are a a lot of the things that will get lost no matter the industry that we're in, whether you're a business coach, we wanted to immediately go to tactics and not think about these other intangible identity forming habits and foundation that needs to be set for all this other stuff to work. Very nice. Very nice. And it is, it's true though. The question is, how do we change people? How do we change ourselves? What does need to happen that for change to stick? Because oh, why, how, how did you manage to do it? And why do other people struggle? I think like, unfortunately, I think, at least for me, pain. Pain is our greatest teacher. And pain is... Pain's going to appear different. Unfortunately, you would have people, you have different, I call them elders, that would tell you the things to look out for, even in like business. But mm. when you're young and naive and you think you're invincible, you, you don't really listen. And so sometimes you just have to put your hand on the stove mm. and experience it for yourself to really grasp the lesson. I hate that, but a lot of times we this usually some type of jarring event is going to snap us out of like the days or the, the malaise that we go through our days, because it's very easy to get in the routine, rinse and repeat next. It's Monday. Next thing you know, it's Friday and rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. But if you have a jarring event, that's like, I mean, for the pandemic, the pandemic did this for a lot of people. It was, it forced people to pause. It forced people to, have to sit with themselves. They couldn't escape anymore, you know, even with their partner. So, I mean, sometimes I'm sure some of those relationships ended because of that, but that's a whole nother story. Um, <laughs> true. Absolutely yeah, true. That's a whole nother story. But 
I saw a lot of people who changed their life during that time. And it's because they had no other choice because they had to be still, they had to just sit. And so the question is, how do we change ourselves? It's different for everyone, but oftentimes pain, some type of obstacle that really affects you is usually the greatest teacher that's going to force you. A lot of times we have to be forced into changing. I hate that, but that's usually what it is. Think about a lot of times people, people are going to go see a doctor once they, when they're sick. They're not going to go to the doctor. It's like, hey, doctor, I'm coming to see. I just want to want to keep preventing. I just want to see. I just want to stay on top of my 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 insulin and my glucose and uh, check. Mm. Get, you know what? I think it's time to get a, a CAC score. Yeah, let's do that real quick. Let me check my cholesterol while we're at it. They're not going to do that. They're going to do I, it when they have when the check engine when the check engine light comes on. That's when they're like, oh, okay. But then, and then you even have some people like, well, it's just a check engine light. I can. I could probably still go a little longer, right? So their car has to completely break down. Then Correct. they'll try to do something. Correct. So, but in a nutshell, for change to happen, usually there has to be some form of some type of catalyst internally that no one else can give for us. And we're mm. each driven and motivated and inspired by totally different things. And this is, and I think that's just something that you just learn from yourself. Mm. And you just learn. Some people are motivated to prove a point to others. Some people are driven by maybe their family and stuff. That's it's so many different variables right there. Mm. But pain is typically at the cat at the catalyst of getting that started in some form or fashion. Just like when I started to work out, the pain wasn't a physical pain, but it was more of like an emotional pain of I want to be more attractive to women. Mm. I want to feel more comfort comfortable and have more muscles and and mm. feel more manly, et cetera, and et cetera right? That was my pain. So it's, it's some type of pain. And that is, that is the vast majority. Um, because unfortunately, yes, we are, we are simple animals, really, as humans, we are, we are driven by by pleasure and pain. And most of us do not come off the hamster wheel until something happens. And that's 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 a shame, but it is us human beings. Having said that, once is actually a, a really nice thing that you are forced off the hamster wheel when something happens because it gives you time to reflect. It gives you, it forces you to reflect on on the path that you're on, and that is the most powerful position to be in. You actually realize that you have got a privilege of choice there and then you can choose what you want to do you can choose to live a new life where you take dramatic change for example have a glass of water now for some people that's a dramatic change in their life yet okay so once you've learned that maybe in the morning and the evening have another glass of water wow what a concept um and you actually stick with it you actually have improved your hydration by a liter a day and you actually suddenly realize if you're hand on heart honest to yourself i actually feel a bit better <laughs> this low-grade headache is gone hmm. weird <laughs> dramatic change a glass of water in my ass um yet you have done you've made a change but you have made your first change now to actually add another little change to it hmm maybe I now park the car just a little bit further away and actually walk towards where I need to go. And then I don't take the lift, uh, but I might actually walk two stories up um, and even then take the lift. Okay, whatever. If you if you need to go 32 floors up, well, maybe you don't want to walk. Um, but, hey, you know, and again, you've made a change. So it's little changes, but they very soon give you compound interest. And that's the cool thing. And exactly, yeah, exactly. That, you nail on the coffin right there. Those, you know, it's depositing, you know, five dollars, saving five dollars in ten dollars, it becomes 15, 20, and it quickly amplifies. And what you notice over time is when you start building up a, one positive habit, it just seems like there's a snowball effect, and then everything else in life just starts to get better. You're like, well, I'm taking, I'm adding this water, I got a little more energy. I feel a little better about myself. 
And then you just start to notice that your relationships are better. And then you notice that I'm doing, my work is much better as well. Mm. Wow. Just, and it started with just choosing a glass of water in the morning over coffee at first. <laughs> Still having my coffee, but yeah. maybe I'll hydrate first. Exactly. And so here we are. So guys, we have already led you onto a path of being a new, improved human being with a glass of water. You think, oh, come on, everyone says that. My answer to that is, so why are you not doing it? And exactly. why why are people not doing it? I mean, everyone knows you should drink three liters of water a day. Why don't they? Once again, I think the if the effects of not drinking water has not been affected. See, for me, I had to say at an early age, I saw what happens mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. your health is not a priority. Mm -hmm. And so I could feel that pain because pain is not just physical, it's emotional. You can feel the stress. Mm -hmm. You can see the stress on all your loved ones. You can see what that does. Mm -hmm. So for me, I got up close picture of that. And so it's easy to feel disconnected to think, oh, these things won't, cannot happen to me if you've not been around it, if you've not mm -hmm. felt none of these things. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's just not at the forefront of your mind yet. Just mm -hmm. like, you would think, how does someone gain 20, 30 pounds? Well, it's easy. You don't feel it at first until you do feel it. If I go through the holiday season, perhaps, let's say I put on five, let's put I put on seven pounds, and then I get on my New Year's kick, I get three of those off. And then over the course of the year, that's four pounds from last year. I do it again the next year, seven more pounds, but maybe I only get two this time. Wow, that adds up. And then just one day you're like, wow, I am 15, 20 pounds overweight and my, I cannot fit into these outfits. How did this happen? Mm. It happens so slow. It's like death by a thousand cuts. It's like being at a dam. There's a small little crack. No big deal. Let's leave it alone. Mm. The crack gets just a little bit bigger. No big deal. Mm. Next mm. time I come to dam, a bigger crack, it's leaking. Next thing I know, it explodes and now there's a flood. Mm. These things are so... It's the slight edge. There's a great book I read by Jeff Olson called The Slight Edge. Mm -hmm. And it's these, the smallest, tiniest habits make the biggest differences. It's the difference between reading 10 pages a day and not reading 10 pages a day mm -hmm. and what that does to your personal development. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as, I don't know, saving $10 a week and not mm -hmm. saving $10 a week. And the compound interest, like you mentioned over time, makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. The difference between exercising four times a week compared to not you may not feel these habits and notice them good or bad at the beginning but over time as you keep doing these things one group is going to have that trajectory go up and the other group is going to have that trajectory go down but at the very beginning it seems we're all on the same plane but then only through time will we see the separation i love that you said that because change is guaranteed. I guarantee you change. You can like it, you can hate it, it doesn't matter. Change will happen. And your trajectory either is determined by you or determined by other factors. So you can be active, you can be passive. If you're active, if you're taking, if you're trying to be in control of your ship, you will to a degree, determine where you're sailing to. Now, okay, the wind might push you off your path, but having said that, you're still sort of dealing with it. If you're completely at uh, in a passive state and disregard your own power of, of being part of, of that change, the change will still happen, just not in a way that you like it. I can virtually guarantee you that. And that Absolutely. is yeah, so you are getting bigger, you are getting sicker, you are getting older, and you that doesn't need to be. Yeah, this thing called maintenance. I have a problem when people say, <laughs> I'm on maintenance mode. I, I just can't conceptualize what does maintenance mode mean, because to me, you're either you're improving in some capacity or you're not improving. What does this mean that we just stay in the middle at the same? Because life doesn't really do that, if you think about it. You know, life is moving on. So are you getting better in life or are you decreasing? And and so I, I think maintenance is 
Oh, I don't know. I just don't like that word. And maybe that's the athlete in me. <laughs> I like it's, that. It's like that. That's that's a word for being content and malaise. And I just that's a slippery slope with me. But maybe I'm paranoid. I did read a book a long time ago called "Only the Paranoid Survive." So I don't know. <laughs> Nothing wrong. Uh, only because you're paranoid doesn't mean that they are not out there to get you. Okay. So no, 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 no. Uh, it's good to be paranoid. It's good to question your motivation. It's good to, for you to, to question what is going on in your life. Because only if you show an awareness of that, can you actually then modify the factors that are actually pushing you one way or the other. Now, they might push you in the right way, in which case you might as well use them as fuel to get to where you actually desire to be deep down there, uh, who you wish to become. Uh, if, they, if the fact is forcing you, regardless if it is pain or pleasure for you to get there, hey, go for it. Um, the same factors will be around. They're pushing you one way or the other. You just need to figure out, okay, do you need to disarm those, uh, take power away from these, these forces that are pushing you maybe to you being a person who you don't want to be, um, a human who you actually now don't want to become. So it is, it is a choice. You work on your recovery or you work on your relapse as an addict. The same is with regards to you as a human being. You work on your, on your health, on your wealth, uh, on, on achieving those things that truly put a grin on your face where you say, that was a good day. Um, you're working on that or you're working on the opposite. It's your choice. So, Julian, you're 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 so right there. And if you were, um, if you were to think, how can humans go the extra mile, i.e., in in the sense of longevity? Now, I mean, yes, there's only so much you can get with hydration, good mm -hmm. exercise, good nutrition. Um, are there next steps then thereafter? Let's say someone does this foundational work and does it for three months, six months, and gets quite hooked on it and said, mm -hmm. hey, I like that. That's the new me. But then then where to from there? What are the next steps in, in your mind? Yeah, I like to I like to then start, let's say if they haven't yet, start tracking and getting some look into extensive lab work looking to you know age testing um there's a great test um, from a company called true age and you can test your chronological age with your biological age and so and you'll get a intrinsic and extrinsic number with that as well and there's another good one called the glycan age and these glycans are very um important they're essential building blocks to what makes us human and here, a lot of times, if your glycans, glycans are high, it's almost like you have like a seven to eight year head start on something that could potentially show. That's how big uh, the gap is. And so you're getting a seven to eight year thing. If, if your things were off, right, or a little bit of like, oh, okay, in seven to eight years, I could have this. And you're like, wow, that's a long time. It's hard to even comprehend seven to eight years ahead of time. If I don't do anything, this is what would happen. But now I have this thing, let me know. So I love to get all this data accumulated at the very beginning. Yeah. And then you can start being even more precise by introducing various supplements, different interventions. Maybe yeah. you need to use something, different types of peptides. So if something like skin health, you know, there's there's a whole world of stuff to optimize your skin. If, if it's the oh. brain that needs the optimization, you know, sometimes like football players and athletes, that's a, that's a key area and there's different cognitive tests for that as well. And so um, there's a little simple test, I think it's CNSVS, I forgot the name that I use. And it's just different uh, computational tests that you use. And what that doing is you're testing your cognitive speed, your cognitive abilities mm -hmm. and different outputs. And, you, and it will um, categorize you based on your age and you can keep up with that to see, okay, am I getting sharper? more than what is expected or not and if you are then okay why is my brain not working as well um something simple nutritional wise is to 
really optimize your omega-3, omega-6 balance because omega-3 is very important for the brain. Hmm. And you, So how do I know if that's, well, if there's omega-3 tests, there's blood work as well, and you can look at the ratio hmm. with that. Hmm. And so then, so you're stacking, you're getting more advanced, but not too advanced just yet because you're already, you're still, you still have to eat. You're still going to eat healthy, hmm. but you're going to eat healthy, but you're going to eat in a more precise and intentional way. Mm. So just as myself, I need a lot more monounsaturated fats. So I have a heavy diet of monounsaturated fats. So like the oils I use, I use very little saturated fat. Mm. Um, and I, cause I'm highly prone to inflammation. And so with my diet, it's tailored more toward that. Mm. And and so those are a few things. And like the supplement regimen, it's just getting a lot more precise based on your unique mm. biology. So take a deeper dive into what makes you uniquely you. Mm. And once you have that information, then you can start to pick and choose different areas to mm. address. Mm. And it can be overwhelming when you have so much data, so much possibilities to choose from. So what I typically tell people to do is just to pick an area that interests you. If you're more into athletics and sports, then cater everything toward that right now. And then worry about the other areas later. If sleep is a big thing for you, let's look at everything through the lens of sleep. So one of the secrets to working with people is, even if I think they need to work on this particular area, if they don't, do, if they don't think that, I don't typically say that. Because mm. if I tell them that, most people are like little kids. They're stubborn and don't want to be told what to do. So if they think that weight loss is the problem, I'm going to say, I'm going to talk about everything through the lens of weight loss because that's where they are. And so that's kind of how I want you to look at this. If everything is about weight loss for you, then I want you to think about your sleep through the lens of weight loss, which sleep plays a big part in that. I want you to think about exercise through the lens of weight loss. If it's about maybe preconception is a huge field that's growing even more now and um just how much epigenetics and really dialing in that period before conceiving mm -hmm. can be in terms of the the baby if that's a priority mm -hmm. then do that so wherever your curiosity leads you tap into that and then that that will be all the inspiration that you need it's a lot easier to be inspired and motivated when you care about the area so for me mm -hmm. i operate personally it's performance longevity. So I want longevity, but I still want to perform optimally well. I don't want to just say, some people are like longevity, but it's like, let me, re caloric restriction, let me not do these endurance sports or none of that. That's boring. Because for me, I don't want to live, if I had to live in a bubble to make it to 120, that's not worth it. Because then I'm missing out on experiences in life. Mm. So that's why for me, it's performance and longevity mm. and meshing those two together. So I, I, it's kind of a long-winded answer, but mm -hmm. basically after the foundations start to track and gather a lot more data to see areas that maybe you need to address a little more than others and then dial in your focus there because there's peptides for everything. There's mm -hmm. supplements for everything. Mm -hmm. There's so much stuff out there that it's easy to get overwhelmed mm -hmm. and it's easy to just pick all these things and you're basically using an investing term you're, you're diluting you're diluting your portfolio if you just invest in 100 different things but barely mm. put like a dollar in each one you're diluting it so i don't Correct. want you to dilute this because the downside that i see in the coming future in the health world everyone's going to have these smart devices everyone's going to have access to order tests but what do you do with all this data mm. And a lot of times, if we're overwhelmed by something, we're probably just going to turn a blind eye to it and we're going to avoid it. I don't want to look at it. Maybe it'll go away. The problem no. will go away or this yeah. will go away if, if I just yeah. don't look at it, pretend it's not there. So that's why I really advise people to be very methodical hmm. and intentional with this approach here because I want you to think about what's sustainable and you can do over the long time because these things add up. But it's taking action. There is the in uh, when you invest, there is sometimes the analysis paralysis where you want to learn more and do more and really focus on on things. 
But what you don't do is you don't take action. You don't take the first step. You don't do a trial if you think that a certain cryptocurrency might be something you wanted to go for. Well, you can analyze until the cows come home, uh, unless you actually buy it and and then learn the lessons with it, and you won't get there. It's the same with your first real estate uh, that you purchase, your property investor. Uh, you need to actually put a purchasing um, <laughs> agreement in, and only then will you actually grow. It's those yeah, kind of the things. Game. Take skin in the game. Absolutely. Yeah, I- I, I could um I I got into running over the last year as well. And you can read all you want about the the ideal mindset and how to prepare for a 14 mile run. But until you're actually doing it and your feet <laughs> is on the ground for exactly. a couple hours yeah. and you're actually feeling it, that's different. There's theory and there's application. Just like mm. I went to school took a lot of tests thought i knew a lot but there's a difference between theory and actual application mm. no that's cool but i guess i guess the main point is we don't know what we don't know so coming full circle now um ultimately if you are new to this game you can try out yourself and can give it a shot and can maybe buy some omega free fatty acids now that's all quite cool or you actually try to find a tribe or trying to find a mentor who can guide you and can actually streamline and fast track your approach rather than you reinventing the wheel. And I think that's such a, such an important thing. Uh, Time is everything. Okay. Not time is money. No time is everything because without, you know, how should I say that without being morbid, um, Ultimately, there there is a finite time for us to be on this earth. So you can choose to just bimble along, or you can choose to focus on using your time wisely, and in 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 a in a right way. So if you're interested in changing your health, find someone who actually has done it before. Um, why not model uh, certain behaviors? that give are likely to give you the most feedback, the most positive rewards, uh, rather than, oh, I'll give that a shot. Or maybe in six months, I'll try that. No, man. And that's where you need to find your tribe. Or indeed, if you gel with Julian and sort of see, hey, this kind of scientific kind of approach, that makes sense. And I like the dude. I mean, how can, how can people find you? Um, how does that work with you? Yeah, the home base is the art of fitness in life, and it would have everything that you could possibly need there. And um, you'll see links to the podcast. You'll see my email there. It's mm-hmm. Julian at theartoffitnessinlife.com. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a little better with social, but probably the email and the website's the best place to really get a hold of me. Fantastic. And guys, look down there into the description of the YouTube video and of the podcast. Uh, It's all there, easy for you to get access to. And whilst you're down there, press the like and subscribe button so that you don't miss out on any other cool interviews that we are doing here with amazing people. And who knows, maybe your own story is actually a story of, of transformation and the story of change. And maybe it's time for you to tell your story. So just think about it. Even if it is not on my show here, maybe it is for you to start shining that light in the darkness that others need to see. Because we all are transforming and some of us are transforming in a way that we think, wow, did I do that? Wow, okay. And it's a beautiful thing. So imagine if we can all encourage each other to become better human beings if we foster that kind of mentality to to say well done for for having made a mistake that's fantastic because now you're in a situation you figured out what doesn't work um so now maybe let's focus on what does work and would it not be cool maybe we can make this world a bit of a better place i believe so Julian yeah. believes so. That's the reason he is sitting here. Hey, that's that's already two out of nine billion. Uh, hey, so, uh, let's let's start a snowball fight and let's see the avalanche going from here. Everything uh, starts with everything starts with one, <laughs> and true. that one and, and that one is ourselves. 
Yeah. And then that's how we start to amplify it. So uh, nothing is nothing is too small, just like the glass of water we talked about. Touche. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. And look after yourself and live with passion. And to you, Julian, thank you so much for your time and effort and, and commitment to come onto my show. I had a ball of a time. Thank you so much for having me on, man. And once again, that was an awesome introduction. And I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, we got to really um, go beyond the typical surface material and, and really dive into the psychologies of, of changing and everything. So I really appreciate having the opportunity to talk about that. Cool. You guys out there, look after yourself. Bye. Bye.